0: Big opinions, big stories and big laughs. It's time for headliners tonight in the company of the very fine comedic double act of Jonathan Cogan and Diane Spencer. Strap yourselves in for lots of talking points from tomorrow's papers. Hello, I'm Mark Dolan and welcome to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers in the company of two top comedians. Joining me tonight, the brilliantly talented Diane Spencer and a headliners virgin. I don't mean he's new to the show. It's just he's never had sex. It's Jonathan Cogan. Um, great to have you both here. First of all, Jonathan, welcome to Headliners. It's your first appearance. Thank you. Very uh, excited to have you. I told you that in confidence. You, I, you, you not, did, actually. Yes. I'll be honest, you showed me that in confidence. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> My lack of skill. It was all too apparent. Yeah,
1: Guys, so you've got to share the dressing room. You can't do that every time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. I think we might have overshared across the board on that. Fair one. enough, fair <laughs> enough. Lots of stories to get through. Let's have a look at tomorrow's front pages. And let's start with The Telegraph first. And here's their front page splash. BBC... Guilty of xenophobia over Rwanda refugee deal, claims the Home Secretary Priti Patel. And Rees-Mogg tells ministers to prepare for the bonfire of the Quangos. Those, of course, are the unelected government bodies advising policy. The Independent Destruction and Defiance. How Putin's war unfolded. A devastating photograph of uh, a burned out apartment block in Ukraine. The Observer next. PM should go sooner rather than later, say top Tory MPs. We cannot wait for a successor to emerge. Partygate revelations are now too damaging. That's at odds with what I said in my big opinion monologue, which you can watch on the GB News Twitter feed right now at GB News. Sunday Mirror. Ferry scandal exclusive. PO sinks to new low. Now they try to cut wages of cheap staff who replaced sacked. Cruise. The Sunday Times next. Ukraine pleas for weapons were rejected for years. Successive PMs ignored calls from ministers and army in a vain attempt to placate Putin. And ministers face claims of sexual misconduct. Some concerns there about what's happening in Whitehall. The Sunday Express. Boris, I am the leader Britain needs. We are delivering for the people, insists, bullish PM after government scandals. And last but not least, the Daily Star Sunday intergalactic exclusive. E.T., go home. Mum, I'm scared to leave the house after my nine encounters with aliens. Another spooky, ghostly story from the Daily Star. And those are your front pages. Our top story is from the Sunday Telegraph and Pretty Patel has come out fighting. Diane, tell me more.
1: Yes, well, obviously, um, Pretty Patel is currently pushing forward this Rwanda uh, settlement policy and she has said the BBC are guilty of xenophobia over uh, the Rwanda refugee deal. Uh, You see, so when she went to Rwanda and she was looking around the various facilities where they were going to house the refugees, um, there was a delegation of BBC journalists uh, and other journalists with her. And she has said that the undercurrent of the kind of questions that they're asking Mm. has been, quite frankly... Well, she's saying that it's shameful. She's saying that they're they're being very xenophobic about Rwanda and they're not being forward-thinking and they're sort of dragging up all of Rwanda's past, I'm guessing. And
0: and sort of characterising Rwanda as this sort of horrific lawless uh, ghetto, as it were. And, and that in itself, I mean, that, that, that would be a mischaracterisation of, of a modern and growing country.
1: Well, definitely. And um, I, I do find it interesting, like, you, you know the criticism that Justin Welby made, the Archbishop? He actually went to Rwanda in 2017 and he said it was the most beautiful place. And you kind of think, OK, I get it. It's because it, it does, it feels very inhumane that people who are, uh, they take hours to cross the Channel and then they get to Britain and then they go, and now you've got to fly eight hours to Rwanda. It just, it it, it, it doesn't make you feel good. Mm. Um, but yeah, pretty Patel has come out fighting. And um, even, there was another article in the Daily Mail for those people who kind of want to read around this story, where uh, they actually spoke to people who are thinking of making the journey across. And they were saying, to be honest with you, now the fact that I could get picked up and sent to Rwanda, I'm kind of thinking about staying in France. So it's a yeah.
2: disincentive to come over. Yeah, definitely.
1: Oh, okay. It's interesting, isn't it,
2: Jonathan?
0: Because I think the media have characterised this Rwanda idea, mm-hmm. this Rwanda deal, negatively in a right. negative light. And of course, the Archbishop of Canterbury has said it's ungodly to send people who seek refuge and he should know to another continent, he know, right? Yeah. He's got he's got the robes to prove it. Absolutely. And yeah. and, and, and the, the funny, yeah, sick, a... yeah, is that? He's got is, a stick that somewhere. Shepherd? I'm sure he's yeah. got a stick. Also and, religious. And yeah. a funny hat. But yes. um, the, the bottom line is that, you know, the polling suggests that a good number of the public support this, mm-hmm. not necessarily because they're racist and want to sort of shove people to another country, uh, but, but a lot of people are persuaded by the idea that you, you destroy the business model of the people traffickers uh,
2: with a clear message that if you cross the channel, you won't actually arrive in Britain. Yeah. Right. So it really is... Um, they see it as a disincentive from coming over here in the first place because you get moved to Rwanda. Now, some of the criticism about it, I think it generally comes not because of the country Rwanda itself, it's because people just have a problem with immigrants being turned away, I suppose. Mm. And if it wasn't Rwanda, if it was another country, I can imagine similar arguments would also be made for that. Yeah. Um, but I don't actually know very much about Rwanda at all. Um, so this. I'm is not all... sure Prissy Patel does either.
0: <laughs> but the bottom line is they'll they'll take the people illegally crossing the channel. Yeah. And she's like, jobs are gooden because I mean this is a Home Secretary that's been under pressure now sure. for years yeah. over this issue, hasn't she? And of course the Tories uh, they don't mind a bit of BBC bashing, do they?
1: Oh no, they love it. They love it. They love the BBC bashing. And now they're selling off Channel Four. I mean, I'm fingers crossed we get rid of the licence fee. Um, do you pay yours? Listen. Yes, oh, well, I have to do don't you? Don't you have to?
2: You just say you pay it and then, I mean, oh, no, of course I pay it.
1: Well, um, but what I, th- I think about this is that, um, yeah, with Pretty and uh, the Rwandan policy. You know her
0: quite well, obviously. You're oh, yeah, we're on first now. name terms her She's and your and bestie. Oh. She, are you in a WhatsApp group with her?
1: Totally, a glass of white wine every Friday. <laughs> it's lovely. I mean, like, um, but anyway, yeah, so we, um, I think that, um, I, I, can, I can understand it, but that Rwanda has actually got a history of helping out refugees. Mm. It's actually got a history of taking people from different countries and trying to resettle them. Now, that's not always gone well, which is some of the criticism that has been then levelled at the Rwandan government, uh, like with what happened to the people who came across from Libya. And when Pretty went and looked round uh, a place called Hope House, which is where they um, will be housing some of these people, um, they actually moved out the orphans... They're uh, adult orphans, I will stress that. Right. The adult orphans who were there because of the uh, genocide that had happened in Rwanda, they sort of moved them out and took them on a bus tour for the day while Pretty looked round oh. the hotel. So when the Rwandan government are pulling moves like that, it doesn't help. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting plan. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But the, the Rwanda government are very keen to help out.
0: For sure, an interesting mm. debate that will rage on. Uh, Diane, a really tough story, more tragic news from Ukraine.
1: Okay, so um, if... um, I mean, this is a very upsetting story, so uh, if you're a little bit sensitive, just take a moment, a deep breath, maybe a cup of tea. So um, uh, a three-month-old baby is among some of the five dead uh, and 18 injured as Putin has launched another horrific missile attack on Odessa in a fresh assault. Uh, Now, this is the continuing situation, obviously, in Ukraine. So um, what is happening is uh, Putin is attacking the east of Ukraine, the Donbass region. And when you look at Ukraine... um, I I have to sort of do this backwards for the viewers. (laughs) So uh, this is sort of the east section, and it sort of curves round like that. This is the section that Putin wants. You see, down here, you've got Crimea. Mm. And Odessa is over here, and there's Moldova over here. Now, there's a section of Moldova called Transnistria. And that's the way you must say it. Transnistria.
2: It's a beautiful accent.
1: It, I, think, I mean, not the way I do it, but uh, <laughs> you've got to try. And um, that has got a very he- heavy Russian population. There's like 29% of people who are Russian there. And they, um, they're in the east of Moldova, and they're, they're not a recognised independent republic state, but they are an independent presidential kind of they're not recognized, mm. like they, they're not allowed their own category in Eurovision, but they are they they they've got their own president, they've got their own currency, and they're pro-Russian. So it's weird because you've got the Ukraine and their Donbass region have this weird pro-Russian East bit. You've got Moldova over here, Russia's here, you've got Moldova over here, and they've got a weird East bit of their country which is very pro-Russian and what Putin's trying to do is he's trying to connect up all these bits. You've got Crimea, you've got Mariupol Mm. which is under sustained uh, fire because they're trying to take the last of that and then you've got Odessa here which is where this missile launch has been taken and they're trying to make this corridor which connects it up and sort of... Mm. They're trying to essentially shrink Ukraine.
0: Uh, Does Putin take Ukraine eventually, do we think?
1: Not the whole thing he doesn't, no. Mm. No, he definitely doesn't get the whole thing.
0: So he hopes to gain a strategic advantage, then negotiate some kind of settlement with Zelensky and come back to Moscow a hero.
1: I suppose so. I mean, uh, what kind of Moscow he will return to is very interesting. Um, I was reading quite an interesting article on all the influencers who have been shut down because now Instagram is not available to them because the Russian government has shut it. And uh, Meta, uh, the people who own Facebook and WhatsApp, are obviously clamping down on the social media too. Mm. And there's a lot of people there who are anti the war, but they just don't want to speak out. So... Yeah, it, it, I mean, we're all kind of hoping that Putin just dies.
0: You, yeah, well, apparently he's quite sickly. Did you see it's that quite, footage of quite wobbly? I thought. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, either he's on a raging hangover. You know how <laughs> yeah. you know how strong vodka can be. Absolutely. But, but Jonathan, I mean, I do wonder whether what's going to have to happen is that we'll have to, you know, essentially the West will have to cobble together some sort of settlement. That's agreeable to Putin. Right. I hate using those words. Sure. Does this guy need it to need to be handed a sort of gold-plated, diamond-encrusted ladder
2: to climb down? Well, would would we be? Who are we to do it? Essentially, would mm. would that be? I guess lift, lifting sanctions. Right.
0: And, okay. You know, I mean, you, you, you're pulling faces at that one, Diane.
1: Oh, it, it enrages me. I just want to pour all the weapons we possibly can into Ukraine and just mm. cheer them on because I just don't want to reward this. I don't mm. want to reward this behaviour. And it's not his. And it's just it's It doesn't set a good precedent at all. It yeah. sets a terrible precedent.
0: And he didn't stop at Crimea in 2014. Nope. No, he didn't. Will, will he stop at Ukraine he he in would. 2022? Yeah. I know he makes Sneaky. so many promises. Uh, there you go. Well, look, uh, that is, of course, another very troubling story Which, yes. we'll, uh, with, uh, I've got to say, deep regret. Continue. Sunday Mirror now. And should we be worried about a nuclear missile named Satan,
2: Jonathan? <laughs> well, this is some more um, uplifting news. So there is a new intercontinental ballistic missile that is called satan II, And Russia plans to deploy satan II nuclear missiles capable of wiping out the UK, which I'm quite sad to have read. But... Certainly exciting times, to say the least. I mean, these, <laughs> these are missiles that can travel 11,000 miles and carry 10 or more nuclear warheads, mm-hmm. uh, which are capable of destroying an area the size of the UK. Now, obviously, that's quite frightening, and the fear is that these may be used uh, after an escalation against Ukraine and who knows where else. Um, call your loved ones. And, yeah, basically, it's a bit, it's a bit stressful. And if you're calling your missiles Satan 2... You're probably the bad guys. I mean. You are. But also, is it going to be a rubbish sequel? That's the other question. Yeah, what well, why can they call it Satan One? I guess that was probably taken because it's Hillary Clinton's car's name or something. I don't know. But it's a very <laughs> it's a very horrible name. And what else could they have called it? Like, what other names could they have
0: done? Yeah, that's right. And th- th- thing is, I didn't really mind this nuclear weapon that was going to destroy Britain, but once I heard it was called
2: Satan. Exactly. Oh, I don't like it anymore. Exactly. But they must <laughs> they must know they're the bad guys calling it. I feel like we call our weapons like, you know. Nice, angelic. The
1: Liberator? Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: that will be better. It's, exactly. It's
1: not so bad. Just before anybody starts panicking and buying all the baked beans, it's not too bad. They They've That's done the first on. missile yeah. launch test. So they've done their first test, and also they're going to be storing all of these Satan 2 missiles in the old missile silos. And, so we know, you know where they are. Well, we know where all of those are, and thanks to all the James Bond films, we know how to get into them. We know where the monorails are. We can get round and we can defuse them. It's fine. Exactly.
2: I and I was going to say, so these tests uh, have come after years of delays due to funding issues that Russia have had. And I've heard that they're actually going to launch a Patreon to speed it up. Of
0: course they are. <laughs> GoFundMe. Yes, GoFundMe. Um, With a picture of Vladimir Putin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Give, Give what you your can. Rubles. Even yeah. £5 pounds is welcome. Exactly. Yeah, And he's going to do, like do a fun run as well, just to, yeah. top, up, just to <laughs> top up his coffers. <laughs> And grow a moustache.
2: A fun taekwondo marathon. Hasn't he? He's been de taekwondo now? They've taken away his belt? Is that yes. right? Yeah, I heard, yes. I heard. But uh, do you think eventually they'll take away that horse that he rides topless on as well? With that, is that the ultimate sanction? <sighs> I think so. His fishing rod? Wasn't it a bear? In my mind it's a bear, but maybe I've made that up. What, did he no, rode a bear? Yeah. He, he
1: doesn't ride bears. No? He just sort of, it's oh. a bit too friendly. I think him riding bears. a bear oh, okay. is
2: just a vicious rumor. Yeah. It's a euphemism. I'd love to see that photo, though.
0: I've got to say, <laughs> rooting on a bear. See, it is a metaphor. metaphor, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, well, look, we found a, I think, a, a second career for Diane Spencer, wartime spin doctor. Mm. <laughs> the Observer now and Jacob Rees-Mogg has left a rather passive-aggressive note, Diane. I've got to say, I love this story. Mm. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Jacob Rees-Mogg has got his big boy pants on. So Jacob Rees-Mogg has left notes. For civil servants who have been working from home, and they have been described as condescending. They are fabulous notes. So um, he's he is part of as, as as well as being the Brexit minister. Um, he is also the minister for government efficiency, but he has no department. So I think that's surely is that not an efficiency problem in itself?
0: Yeah, that's like when you start in a new job and you haven't got a desk.
1: And you don't. We've know all what had you you jobs do. like
0: that. <laughs> You just sort of lean against someone else's <laughs> around and hope <laughs> for the best. What if I on the <laughs> end here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just, he has no, I mean, does he have his own stapler? Does he have his own pens? Know, Who d- knows? D-
0: does he have an extension? <laughs> you know, is he on 3745? Just on a rotary somewhere in the basement. Um, and also, has he got a code for the photocopier? Probably not.
1: That's why he falls asleep on those benches in the Houses of, of Parliament, because he just, he doesn't know how to get out the building. No. So he just has to have the occasional kip. So what he's been doing in his, um, Nagy, sort of, uh, I'm going to make everything efficient. Sure you are, darling. So he's been walking around the House of Parliament, going into different departments, and if you're not there, he's been writing this, like, he's been leaving this little message. Now, this message has been typed. Here it is. Oh, here it is. So it says... Sorry you were out when I visited. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you in the office very soon. With every good wish, Right Honourable Jacob Reese Mogg MP. Oh, the full oh.
2: name, the full oh title. Oh, my
1: God, the vomit. I would just
2: write Reesy <laughs> in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now,
0: but that's like a stalker, isn't it? It's oh, not yeah. a government minister. It's a creepy, that's a creepy, creepy guy. said
2: in the introduction, that's left that's a single aggressive. rose. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> now, I really like a nice passive-aggressive note. I leave him around the house for my girlfriend's more days than not. Like, there's a big pile of hair, just a little post-it saying, please hoover me, just all day, every day. Is you that can't write?
1: hoover it yourself?
2: I don't know how to use it. It's, it's a it's a Dyson. Well,
1: there we go. She could put her note on the hoover. Please learn how to it's, use it. No, you. she Dyson. can't. She can't write. <laughs>
2: It's a Dyson. <laughs> and
0: you're a dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, listen, I'm the same. The, the, the trick to getting out of household duties is
2: to be yeah. rubbish at them. Yeah, yeah, you pretend to be really bad. You, like, do the dishwasher, but you put very liquid in and it foams up. It's a whole... The whole sh- don't give the shtick away. Exactly. Whole, Not on national television. No, no, exactly.
1: What I find fascinating about this Jacob Rees-Mogg story is that um, uh, the General Secretary of the FDA Union, who represents all the civil servants, said that the notes were the most crass, condescending act I have seen from a minister. And there was me thinking it was Plebgate.
0: Who knew? (laughs) Can I briefly interject with a mildly serious point? Yes. Uh, Do we accept that whilst work from home has been a revelation for many people, including lots of people watching this show, so if you've got kids or if you've got a pet, it's amazing that you can work from home because you take the kids to school and then you go do your work, and then you pick them up from school. So work-life balance is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Great if you've got a pet as well, the dog or cat, they're not lonely. Uh, Mental health, saving money on the commute, happy days. But can we all collectively accept as a society, Jonathan, that it will come at an economic cost? Because there's a big economy based around the office, sure. whether that's pret manger yeah, saint yeah. priest, uh, but also just like the, the outfitters that sell mm-hmm. shirts and suits. Yeah, like yep, certainly. Um, so we do need to be honest about the economic impact uh, of
2: working from home, don't we? And maybe yeah. we need to have a national conversation about it. Well, I mean, I, I definitely agree with those points. Nothing comes from free. Every time you change one element... Another thing is going to change in correspondence with it. But I think it really depends on what each individual company wants to do. If they think they can be efficient and profitable, having people work from home, you know, good for them. And that that might attract certain kind of people to work there. If they can't, then it's up to those people to leave if they don't want to work there, if they don't want to come in. But I do see what you're saying about there being other, I guess, hidden costs around.
0: Well, our economy, isn't it, Diana, is based on consumption. I think about 60% of our output is based on us buying and consuming things. And that would include the lunchtime coffee and going yep. to
2: the oh, to the yeah. pub after, after work and all the rest of it. Could yeah? you say that these uh, have been replaced with other expenditure? So, like, more money will be spent in the supermarkets or, you know, takeaways or different kind of things? Yeah, and maybe local shops. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: But also, I would say, it, what is the industry? You see, I think it is actually very important that the government are working in the office. Mm-hmm. I do think that is important because I think they need to communicate quickly. I think they all need to be interconnected. I don't think they... I think they should be in the office as a matter of national security. I think it's important. Mm. Um, Whereas maybe if you're a design company, I can understand how having more flexible working hours where Mm. you kind of get a chance to sort of work in different places. Maybe you go work in a museum to, like, spark your creative interest. I could see how that would benefit you as well.
0: Yeah, fascinating conversation. Um, Look, I think we're all quite divided about work from home. They call it W. W-F-H. WFH. But for me, it's more WTF. <laughs> now, <laughs> The Independent next. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about Nadine Dorries, good friend
2: of mine. Is she the new Diane Abbott, Jonathan? <laughs> uh, in short, yes. So, no. Nadine Dorries flames dyslexia after mocking for downstreaming and tennis bitch models. Uh, dyslexia... Did you f- say tennis bitch models? <laughs> tennis pitch models. <laughs>
0: By the way, never googled tennis bitch models. Tennis bitch <laughs> models. It's not for the faint-hearted. It's my favourite website.
2: That's my would, fetish. Yeah. It's
1: female dolls. So what
0: did she say? She cause she used the expression tennis pitch rather than tennis court.
2: Tennis. Yes. Yes. She it's made. I mean. I mean. I do. We all do. We all muddle our words. But she got pretty much everything wrong. And in a way that seemed very out of touch. It wasn't just like she merged some words together. It was specifically the wrong terms. It was like when my dad talks about my Nintendo GameCube and he's like, oh, have you got your game box running? I mean, this was 15 (laughs) years ago. Uh, I don't play games anymore because I'm a lad. But um, I definitely (laughs) do think she's kind of put a foot in it a bit here and it didn't come across great. And another question is, her department, you know, looks after so many different elements. Should they all be in one department? Should digital be with all those other things? I, mm. I don't I don't know. That's. And she used the expression downstreaming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a mash-up <laughs> menu of downloading and yeah, yeah, streaming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a bit like Bennifer or Brangelina, is Yeah. It? yeah. yeah. But she didn't cool. do it on purpose. It's downstream. not bad. Downstream. What is Catch it downstream. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe she's at the cutting edge, Diane. Yeah. She's I just like much it. cooler than all of us and we don't know.
1: Personally, yeah. I feel that, you know, as the vulture secretary, it's impotent that she mm. Mm. consummates well.
0: Agreed. me, that was very well crafted. Diane, <laughs> I have got to uh I should mention, shouldn't I, that Nadine Nadine Doris has sort of bounced, yeah. answered back. She she's she's had a comeback on this. Yes. And does. on Twitter she's look, I look, I've got dyslexia. That's yeah. my
2: excuse for everything. For Are everything. you dyslexic? No, but it's my excuse. I do. That would do, do dyslexic and left-handed or something. Yeah, one of them, yeah. Same
0: um, thing. I mean, is that is that something that we should take note of? We talked about it earlier, actually. Do you think we should be mindful of the fact that she may not have, you know, the, I mean, don't they call it uh, neurodivergence?
1: Yes, that, yes, that's yes. the term.
0: So, do we need to be more sympathetic to her neurodivergency?
1: Yes, you could be sympathetic to it, um, but at the same time, you have to accept this is your job. Part mm-hmm. of your job is to talk, and yes, you can be sympathetic to it, and but at the same time. Do you know what? Let's crack a smile. Uh, it's quite funny, and I do like the word "downstreaming." And do you know what? When you say things like tennis pitch, it's 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 kind of endearing. But, in my opinion, that's how I feel about cricket. I mean, when they talk about cricket, it might as well be they might as well be reading Lord of the Rings. I have no idea what's going on. They say there've been six fifty ones and a duck fell over, and then the wizard came, and I'm like, what? Wizard and came, the, and that's the sport, and I, I have no idea what's going on. Fair enough. Um, I was
2: going to say, why didn't she just? Record another v- like video. It was on TikTok. She could have just done another one. Yeah. Just very easily. That was it. Was it live streamed or was it um, one she
0: shot and then well, put maybe out? Maybe she's like Frank Sinatra. She likes to leave the little mistake in there. You know, okay. the little kink. You know, just just off, off the beat. She's an artist. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's certainly the essence of this show. <laughs> well. Uh, That is uh, the end of this part as your reward in a mere two minutes. You get to listen to these two fabulous comedians discussing such things as bladder pills, moonshot vaccines and rabbit DNA tests. You lucky things. I'll see you after the break for more downstreaming. Welcome back to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers with myself, Mark Dolan, and tonight I'm in the elite comedic company of Jonathan Cogan and Diane Spencer. Now let's talk about bladders, shall we? That's <laughs> my opening line.
1: So, so um, an overactive bladder pill, this is actually some good news, which is wondrous. It's in the uh, Sunday Express. An overactive bladder pill could soon be available without prescription. Uh, and it says it's a new hope for women, but I, I feel that this possibly affects men as well. So um, there are some people who have an overactive bladder and it, it really just absolutely ruins your life because if you, whenever you leave the house, just imagine you have to plan your trip by where you know you might be able to find a toilet. Mm. So if you think about even coming into London, so you think, right, okay, Vauxhall, that's got a toilet, but wait a minute, what if that was By the way,
0: you should never wee in a Vauxhall, they're good cars. (laughs) (laughs) The owner won't be happy.
1: I would. I would take
0: uh, a Seat. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Is that is that the, Go appropriate down the real budget? You would route. Pee in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, I mean, there's a device called a Shiwi and it means that ladies I can do the that. things that I saw that. You stand that up do. and apparently, yeah. so. I have not got one of these. My Can I tell you that one. I'm <laughs>
0: wearing one now and I've never felt better? What? Yeah.
1: Do you feel liberated? I'm
0: certainly sitting up straight. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So um, so this is wonderful. So basically the um, MHRA, which is the Medicines and Healthcare Regulatory <laughs> Advisory um, People, uh, it's great because they're going to look into reclassifying uh, the pill and that helps with this. And they're going to put it on the NHS on prescription and that will provide a lot of relief to a lot of people, so uh, let's hope they uh, go through with it, uh, really.
0: Not not the we, no.
1: Not the we, not the we. <laughs> let's
0: hope please. they follow through. No, don't, don't follow through, <laughs> please. Uh, but it's, it's, it's important, isn't it, because lots of people suffer in silence with these, these ailments. Yeah. Um, exactly. And it's a, a taboo, which it shouldn't be.
1: No, because we all need to pee, and there's actually a, a group that are, that are lobbying for more public toilets in inner city areas, yes. Because you think about it, like, but th- th- there's never enough loose for women. Well, you, well,
2: you have those ones that guys can stand up in, you know, yeah. that they have like like outside urinals. I feel like I feel quite dodgy using one of those because essentially you just have your um, well, we're on TV, genitalia out in public, and yes. you're just you're just urinating and.
1: But at least you've got that as an option. Like, oh, yeah. Unless a lady has a shiwi, she doesn't have many options. No. Um, and you know, um,
2: I'd respect a lady who wore shiwi at one of those urinals. I'd be like, fair play, fair
1: play. <laughs> that is
2: the girl I'm going to marry. Yeah.
1: That, that, that's your criteria, is? Yes, it, it is. is. Like,
2: flat can... stomach. That's it. Those oh, are my two. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need one of us because I am, I am portly at the moment.
1: All oh, right. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. I
2: think it's all muscle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I think there's abs in there somewhere. Som- yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Well, listen, my shiwi has come loose, so let's crack on. Hmm? A shocking example of the kind of rigid bureaucracy that often seems
2: counterintuitive to many, Jonathan. This in the sun, what's the story? This is enraging. So the headlines, I'm forced to sleep on a bare floor and can't even take my shoes off inside due to council house rule. Now, a grandma claims that she is forced to sleep on bare floors because of bizarre council rules. Mm. Uh, A lady called Danielle Spencer, who is 41, she's a... She's a grandma at 41. OK, nice work. Welcome uh, to broken Britain. <laughs> yeah. So she has to sleep on a black mattress while struggling to keep warm um, uh, her property in Preston. Now, the problem is there's a group called Progress Housing Group, and their policy demands that social housing tenants have to rip up carpets when they move out. So the next tenants just have a blank slate, which just seems so extreme. Why can't they just get the carpets clean? Why do you have to t- literally tear up the carpet? I mean, so uh, Danielle says... Uh, <clears throat> I've lost all my possessions in the fire, that's why she had to move house, so she doesn't have a bed, so she's sleeping on an airbed now. There's no carpet underneath, so it's only a matter of time until it's going to pop. Now, I feel sorry for her, but that made me laugh. Well, yeah, I know. And there is, it's like, it's going to be like one of those Bond movies with, with the little... You know that
0: the, the counter is going from, like, one minute, 59, 58. As she gets in. She this gets... is
1: just ridiculous, though. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, what kind of policy is it that you have to rip up the carpet? It's crazy. Like, a, like a, unless you've literally sort of had a, a dog die in the middle of the floor, the mm-hmm. carpet is usually good to go. It's like, mm-hmm. when you know, some people are really stingy yeah. and they sort of take everything, like the light bulbs.
2: Correct. The the copper wire. Yeah. You don't
1: need to do that. It, I don't know why Progress House... Group are making these bizarre rules. Well, it makes me
2: makes me wonder what the guy who made the rule did to his carpet. That you know, what's he done? What's he done to his carpet? Yeah. Well, his his name is actually Mr. Steve Smith, and he's the CEO of Carpet Rights. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, there's a connection. Uh, carpets get dirty. Sometimes. Carpets are us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all a scam. Um, um, but what were you going to say? well uh, you know. I mean, I'm not proud about this, but sometimes if I get out of the shower and I don't have a towel, I'll, I'll dry off on the carpet. I'll, I'll roll around, but I would just clean that carpet before moving out. I wouldn't tear it up. There's, Sorry, is this, a, is this a humorous anecdote or is this the truth?
0: Have you genuinely used the carpet to you know, dry your naked body? you never rolled on the carpet. I never have.
2: you rolled on the
1: carpet. Okay, Only a don't pile. know how to le- use the vacuum. I am now concerned about your carpet.
2: My body hair is mostly just... Hair that's come up from the carpet and stuck to me after a shot. You've never rolled on the carpet? I can't be the only one who's dried on the carpet. Not really. I I have, I I probably have got into bed slightly damp.
0: I Uh, have air dried.
1: I've sort of, on a nice hot summery day, I've just sort of welcomed the sun.
0: Well, we've had to picture both of you in the buff. (laughs) It's it's an image that my viewers will never unsee. Call (laughs) call in if you dry on the carpet. And I want to apologize to you in advance for the (laughs) mental damage. Rough shag. Now, about the carpet. (laughs) Independent uh, now, let's head over to the US Army, often in the news, but perhaps not for the reasons like this, Diane.
1: Well, this is very exciting. So there are going to be trial trial results of the US Army moonshot, which is a COVID vaccine that protects against all variants. Mm. So as we know, one of the things that kept tripping us up in the pandemic was that we started off with COVID-19 and it was alpha. And then suddenly we had Delta, we had Omicron. Now we've got Omicron, BA1, BA2, XE, and all of these other kind of street fighter-y names. (laughs) Um, But the US Army have made this uh, vaccine, which... Um, It it does this, it's a vaccine to smash them all. So it essentially um, has this uh, this thing, uh, oh, I I I wrote down what it was called, a receptor-binding domain, which to me sounds like some kind of, you know, deal with a website you can't get out of. But it's a receptor-binding domain, and um, there's all these nanoparticles, and basically they've injected them into monkeys. And now the monkeys are just, they're completely immune to kind of the... All of the different variants of coronavirus,
2: and now they're I, super intelligent, I heard.
1: Well, wow. I wonder if this is Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. That's how it begins. Is, this is how the monkeys were always going to get us. Yeah, they, yes. yeah, because they knew we'd test the super vaccine on them. Now they're all inoculated. They don't need us anymore. The monkeys
2: mm-hmm. and Big Pharma teaming up. The ultimate Big banana. That no, doesn't work. They're calling it a <laughs> cut. That they're calling it a universal vaccine. That to me sounds quite nefarious. I don't know why. Just yeah. just just the name a uni- I mean, I'm not anti-vax. Just... It's also it's sort of setting yourself
0: up for a fall, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, like the next. This will yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's like the kind of unthinkable Titanic. Yeah.
1: It's a little it's a little strange because it's saying that it can affect all coronaviruses.
2: How do they know? Oh, oh, but, not just
1: yeah, not oh, just yeah, COVID-19, got you, got you. but all coronaviruses. So, is this the beginning of the end of the common cold?
0: Ooh, here's hoping. You I know? mean, they, they gave up there was an institute set up to cure the common cold, which they disbanded, didn't they? Because, yeah. You know, they, they kind of thought that, uh, well, it was endemic in the population. And there was a, there was no uh, long-term solution. But, uh, yeah, look, it's interesting, of course, and we'll bring you any more uh, on that as we get it, a big vaccine development there. Now, let's talk about rapid DNA, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. I can produce
2: DNA myself quite <laughs> rapidly. Um, <laughs> I won't explain. No, no, I'll just, uh, I just uh, picture it. So... This is in the Sunday Times. Now, rapid DNA tests keep criminals off streets. So there's been a development in DNA testing where samples do not need to be sent to a laboratory with this new technique. Uh, and this technology actually allows you to bring back results from D- DNA tests in just a couple of hours. Now, this sounds like a really useful um, technological advancement in this area. Uh, it can stop people being held in uh, prison uh, longer if they're waiting for DNA results. So people being like held overnight or whatever. Uh, It just seems like a general good thing. I can't necessarily see any downsides to this at the moment. Um, As
1: long as the technology works.
2: Yes, exactly. If it gets it wrong.
1: Yes, because obviously, true. you know, yes. we've had a lot of kind of... Uh, recently, we've had the Theranos trial, which is where Elizabeth Holmes claimed that she could, like, do thousands of normal blood tests on a single p- finger prick of blood. Right. And she was just fibbing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do love the idea of a rapid DNA test, mm. and it's in a little box that's apparently the size of a microwave. So okay. that they turn up, and it takes two hours to sort of do this test on site. But it makes me think of, um, you know, like Judge Dredd.
2: Oh, where's it going? Like, how...
1: Well, like, isn't that the future where sort of Judge Dredd pulls up on his motorcycle and he says, you know, are you the one that broke into the the crime scene? And he gets the thing and he's literally got the blood off the crime scene, blood off the guy. Two, two hours in the microwave and then you're driven off on the back of his bike. It's where you know?
2: we're going, yeah. But it's if, it, like if it, you know, it might deter more people, there's a higher risk to doing, I mean, probably won't, but hopefully it would. Well, this is kind of good because we've actually lost a lot of DNA evidence with all those carpets being ripped up and thrown away, so it's uh, I think it's really quite important <laughs> Especially
0: a, the the colossal amount of DNA on your carpet. Yes, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a um, a Rorschach test, but yeah, no, it's all uh, it's, uh, it's a real it's a real uh, breeding ground for filth. But yeah, so it's well, a- Well, you've described this show very well, so thank you for that. Um,
0: and uh, more fiction of a science variety coming up in part three. Yes, we'll be uh, discussing Amber Heard's makeup, why modern vegetables are rubbish, and the Twitter legend that is Libs of TikTok. Who are they find out in two minutes? Welcome back to Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers. I'm Mark Dolan, and I'm joined tonight by the brilliant Jonathan Cogan, who I think you'll agree is smashing it out of the park as a brand new star on Headliners. And of course, the queen of this place, Diane Spencer. At last some proper news, Amber Heard, the actress, and her makeup company,
1: Oh, my God, I love this story. Okay, so Amber Heard has been accused of lying uh, by the makeup brand. You see, she said she used a concealer to cover bruises from Johnny Depp, but the makeup brand themselves have said, but we didn't sell that particular item until after you split. Da, da, da. So Amber Heard... Uh, So Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, they married in 2015 and they separated a year later, 2016. And uh, she alleged that she used, uh, it's called Milani's, all in one uh, correcting kit. And she sort of, uh, her lawyer held up this photo of this exact thing. and said, carried it round in her handbag all the time to cover up all the bruises he gave her. So, you know, because this is part of the the saga of this this ongoing uh, divorce. But then... Uh, the actual company, the Milani company, released a video on TikTok saying, um, You asked us, let the record show that our correcting kit launched in 2017. So now, uh, obviously, Amber Heard's lawyers are saying this is really unfair. You're taking advantage of an abused woman just to promote your your product. It could have been any product. Maybe there were samples available beforehand. You know, so they're sort of defending it that way mm. because this is a very. Um, messy, gross celebrity divorce Mm. uh, because they're they're suing each other for millions and millions of pounds. It's utterly ridiculous, the money that they're suing each other for. She wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, basically saying he had abused her. And now uh, he's saying she's a liar. So he's suing her for defamation. She's suing him for saying that she's a liar. And all this is coming out, and um, apparently he was. And she's
2: countersuing him for that. Did yes, you say that? she's countersuing
1: yeah. him. an
2: item. Be... I don't. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: And uh, so now this makeup is the next step in this ongoing. But they're actors, so when they're giving evidence, yeah.
2: it's going to be
0: compelling, isn't it? And, well, it's, and, going and to be it's going to be, be credible. The, 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 well, they're basically good at pretending, right? So they'll both be really powerful in the witness box. Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it'll actually be quite difficult for a judge. Yeah. And I don't know whether this is a civil case and they have a jury or whether it's a criminal case. I'm not sure. I, I'm sorry, I didn't look up those details. But yeah. it is going to be tricky for a judge because they're both compelling actors. So what, what are we going to see? Um, yeah, it's, 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 I, I am a little bit obsessed with this. And she sort of put a video forward of Johnny Depp In a rage, slamming cupboards, and he said, Yes, I assaulted some cupboards. (laughs) So it's kind of And you know the judge,
0: you know that the judge is James Earl Jones.
2: So (gasps) nothing in that trial is real. No, no, it's all just one big staged.
1: Oh, oh, and I am addicted to it. I am loving this. do you want to win. Who do I want yeah. to win? I want the right person to win. I want all the information to come out. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm starting... The amount of evidence I've read, I'm starting to think that Herd is a bit bonkers. Did
2: she... I don't know if I just saw this on the internet, but did she defecate on his bed?
1: Is oh, that... now, there's a... There's a quite Allegedly. Like...
0: No, no, she dried her naked body on his carpet. Sick freak. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So what happened? Well, do you know what happened, then? I,
1: I believe... Well, that's a um, thing. Yeah, the, the, but wasn't there another statement that it might have been a dog... Uh, yeah, but
2: we all use that excuse. It's definitely her.
1: You use that excuse? I am not coming round your <laughs> house. I'm so sorry.
2: Just don't use the bed or the floors <laughs> or any of the towels oh, or the bath. Great comedian, but not house trained. <laughs> no, no, I am a cretin. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it was her. I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to say that GB News thinks it was her. There you go. Pick a side and uh, that's our bed. We'll lie in it. Yes. A story from the Sunday
0: Times to give every teenager deep joy. Scrap GCSEs, Jonathan. I
2: think I had that idea when I was 15. So um, the story is, scrap GCSEs and give teenagers freedom to flourish. At 75, Sir Michael Wilshaw is overflowing with ideas for reforming the nation's schools six years after retiring as boss of Ofsted. So a bit late. Could have done that when he was, you know, had that job. But yeah, he's got some big ideas. Uh, he was a headmaster for many years, and he was the uh, head of Ofsted. Um, and he's got, he thinks that schools have now become too strict with uh, silent corridors and egregious insistence on standing up straight. Well, I mean, what, what, what's, uh, what is the world coming to? Exactly. Good mannered students. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, he's also talked about some uh, hot button issues. He's saying transgender pupils should have their own toilets and changing rooms, and more must be done to address. The mental health crisis, which, you know, fair enough, more must be done to address the mental health crisis. Everyone, went, myself included, went a bit loopy during uh, lockdown and anxiety was on the rise. Uh, that's when I bought the shirt. Um, yeah, it was uh, it, it's been a tough time. So he's got some nice points, but he's not really saying all that much. He's just like, oh, we should be better. Like, OK, why did not you do it? When you were Yeah. Diane, have you got a strong view on this?
1: Uh, Well, I just think that, yeah, like um, Jonathan said, he should have really done something a bit more about this when he had the opportunity. And he's saying that bright students shouldn't stop at 3A levels and he thinks that all students should stay in school um, for as long as possible. But as a secondary school teacher, I can tell you there are some students who just don't suit it and they should be allowed to leave. Yeah. Uh, So that's my feelings on that. Do you
0: know what I think? I mean, I'd like to see... The resource that goes into A-levels and university, I'd like that to stay in place. So the government's got a huge budget for 16-year-olds up to, let's say, 21, 22 years of age. But I'd like to see it spread across A-levels, university and training. Yeah. So that a 16-year-old can come out of school and go into training Mm -hmm. to be... A painter or an electrician, sure. Or, yeah, you name really it. If if the academic environment is is not for them, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, think
1: that would be a great, a really great thing because there are some people like I, I knew, I knew a boy at school and he was brilliant. And he just said, "I just want to drive diggers. That's all he wanted to do." And do you know what? Is he a Jamaican and, man? <laughs> no, that is my. Somerset accent. And, uh, and, then, and what does he do now? He drives diggers and he loves it and he loves his job. Yeah. Uh, but, and could he have left school earlier and actually train and drive the diggers? He'd have been so happy. It's just his happiness was delayed and he had to kind of struggle mm. through school. Well, we
0: saw that debate, didn't we, with uh, Tony Blair last week announcing that I think 70% of young people should be going to university. Why this obsession with, with higher education I mean, by all means, have access to it. Yes. Yeah.
1: mates that want to uh, get the money from the student fees, I reckon. And he wants to be paid to go round the thing, let, you know, doing all the speeches. There's circuit
0: Tony there. Blair, money, he hates the stuff. Hmm? <laughs> he's an old-school socialist, never forget that. Hmm? The Mail on Sunday now,
2: and we're witnessing evolution in our lifetimes, Jonathan. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> So humans may be getting worse at thinking things through. Uh, due to bite <laughs> that the right, Story? Yes. Yes, we got it right. Yes, Excellent. Okay, on. good. Good, good, good. It's my first time, folks. Stay tuned. So humans may be getting yeah. worse at thinking things through due to bite-sized social media posts and videos shortening our attention span. One scientists. Uh, so scientist and Radio 4 host, Jim Khalili. Yep, nailed mm. it. So we are arguably getting dumber. The web and social media shorten our attention spans and squash brain capacity. Obviously, obviously, we're all turning into phone-addicted morons. It's 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 happening to everyone. We can't concentrate. We are addicted to just constant streams of information that doesn't really tell us all that much. I mean, I, I mean, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but everyone around me, everyone around me has just become this dopamine-addicted, information pig. That's my, that's
0: my take on it. I think that's very well put. I yeah. can't disagree. I mean, we don't even do grammar now on social media, do we? We don't do sentences anymore. We do emojis, though, which is Yeah, smiling faces yeah. And, and sort of wacky laughter and stuff. But, you know, I mean, we, it's, 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 you do feel like we're unevolving slightly, don't you think? It's I right? think so. We're...
1: Um, I would disagree there because uh, I absolutely love Uh, The fact that I can access any documentary, I can access so much information on my phone and the internet, and I think it's brilliant, and uh, I I will watch things that are hours long, and I know other people do too.
2: Do you go on your phone whilst you're watching those things? Um, Do you scroll on your phone at the same time?
1: No, because it's watching it on my phone.
2: Ah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: and I think that that possibly it's uh, uh, Mr. um, Jim's uh, echo chamber, uh, perhaps... I know a lot of people who um, do have that incredible amount of focus. It's just that you've got to have something to focus on.
2: Yeah. That's a good point, actually, because there really is a big um, desire for long-form conversation, which is why podcasts are so popular, and they are three-hour-long conversations with nuanced debate. So that is kind of the opposite of just scrolling through yeah. social media. Yeah, no, I, I do agree there, actually. I, I listen to those, but I'm also addicted to my phone. I, yeah. I'm a man of many um, contradictions. <sighs>
1: Oh God. Mark! What? We're still on! Huh? We've got to do the next thing! I see
2: your Tinder profile. Isn't it? Ne- uh, <laughs> pretty
0: pretty X rated. <laughs> Which way is that? Does it go up that way? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on now. And this is for our Islington based GB News fans. So naturally, it's from The Observer. Sour faux bread. Whew. Diane, help me with this one.
1: Oh my word. An honest crust. The UK government steps in over sour faux threat. Two bakers. So essentially campaigners say that supermarkets are misleading shoppers. You see? I mean, they are labelling loaves as sourdough and they are not sourdough because they've got palm oil in, they've got emulsifiers in. Sourdough is literally three ingredients and that's all it is. I mean, this is such a crummy thing to lie about, isn't it? I mean, they couldn't rise to the challenge... They couldn't work hard to prove themselves. Uh, it would be the yeast they could do, but they can't. So there we go. We've got all this crap bread, but I don't know. It's an article in the Observer, and only that's only really read by old crusties anyway.
0: I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, I've got to say that hearing that gave me indigestion because I'm gluten intolerant. <laughs> ah, fair enough. I'm gonna have to. That, your jokes there—they're repeating on me. Nice. Um, look, I mean, we know sourdough is, is very sort of premium stuff, the, the, the proper craft sourdough, isn't it? It's, it's made of, I think, rye, water, salt and 50-pound notes, I believe, are the, the main ingredients. <laughs> and pretence. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, what, what do you think? Because my pet hate is the supermarket versions of, of bread. So, for example, a regular supermarket baguette is the least French thing on the planet. Okay, because it, it's it basically baguette shaped bread. It's not a baguette. Oh, uh, right. Okay, it's just a long roll. Yeah. Okay. It's a long, disgusting roll. This is my pet. Hey, I don't know if you guys have got a problem with No, fair enough. I mean, you know, because they say it was fresh baked. It, you, know, <gasps> you know, there's <gasps> only fresh baked bread in the supermarket. You no, know, it's basically sort of this half formed weird, lobotomized bread that there's goes a, in.
1: There's the Real Bread campaign, and they've said that there are literally, supermarkets are using loaf tanning salons where <laughs> you get half-baked bread, and they're saying it's freshly baked, and it's not. It's a
2: lie! The bread made without add- additives and using a live sourdough starter culture. Uh, well, the, look, uh, we've had a starter culture. What were you going to say? During the uh, starter culture wars, that's all I wanted to say. I've been waiting yeah, to say I that for an hour. I'm, I'm not going to lie, it was worth the wait. <laughs> yeah. It was worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, Freshly a couple baked. of seconds. I really want to know about the libs of TikTok. Who are they, Jonathan? I think they're quite uh, an important group. They are. Well, the libs of TikTok themselves are people who are on TikTok making videos. But the uh, oh, Twitter yeah. Yeah. the Twitter account, libs of TikTok, uh, is an account. Well, I'll read a headline. Uh, so this is in the Sunday Times. Libs of TikTok. Twitter provocateur gives Republicans new weapon in war on liberals. Now, mm-hmm. I don't follow this account, but I have seen lots of stuff retweeted from it by other comics, and it's basically a collection of videos taken from TikTok of uh, very left-leaning people making quite often quite embarrassing and extreme videos. It's not just people expressing other um, like socialist views or whatever. It's normally quite extreme behaviour uh, that can be considered embarrassing or just a bit silly. And yeah, it's it's posted to be made fun of. I think I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily a weapon that Republicans are using in the culture war. It's just, Uh, look at this, this uh, is a bit silly. I
0: agree, and I agree with the commentator who said it's lucky that we've got them because um, if not, we wouldn't know just how many bonkers people Mm. were out there. (laughs) The truth will out. Um, Can I thank uh, the fabulous Diane Spencer and Jonathan Cogan? I'm back tomorrow at nine, and we've got headliners with Sajila and Nick. See you then. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.